Welcome to the True Blue Riftcast, the number one Rift Tracks podcast in the world. I am Superfan Jeremy. See, I remembered my name this time. And I am joined, as always, by... Superfan Dave, Area 51 Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. God, you too, huh? Well, you know what? I went down there this weekend, and there was, like, no one else there. I was just like, guys, we all said, I thought they couldn't stop all of us. (sighs) WTF. That was our new theme song, by the way. Rock Till You Die by Songwriter X and the Skeleton Band. You can check out the full version of that song and all their other songs over on YouTube. Just search for Songwriter X and the Skeleton Band or click on the link that's right there in the episode description of whatever platform you're listening to us on. How was your week, Dave? Uh, it was, um, well, I just said that I went to Area 51. Oh, that's that, right. That totally wasn't a lie. The, the, you know, to see all the aliens, you know, because, like, uh, wow, what a bust that turned out. <laughs> yeah, I think they said there was, like, a total of, like, 75-ish people there. That's it? That's crazy. I... Yeah. One person got arrested for uh, peeing, your public urination, and that's it. Nothing else happened. So, basically, everybody was just full of crap. Well, yeah, it's the internet, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody went. Everybody everybody chickened out. They didn't want to get arrested or shot, I guess. I can't imagine, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move right on into some headlines. Headlines. Uh, another reminder for you that Rift Tracks now has a Patreon. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Tracks to sign up. Uh, if you do it, uh, I think I misspoke last week because I said until summer september 30th but it seems that it's within the first 30 days uh of the whole patreon thing to become a founding traxian make sure you get over and do that uh if you want that extra little achievement on rifttracks.com maybe just maybe it'll get you a little bit closer to the officially number one ranked rift tracks fan in the world me you know um okay <laughs> Okay, whatever, whatever. Moving on. But it's officially me, Dave. Uh, I lead no, everybody. No, in reality, points. <laughs> uh, well, Sony stirred up the ire of fanboys everywhere by talking about remaking a beloved film, The Princess Bride. Uh, is that the one where uh, Columbo and Kevin from The Wonder Years are reading a book about the First Lady from House of Cards and the guy from uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula and they fall in love and he becomes a pirate and then uh, Andre the Giant shows up for a little bit and then the movie's over? Yeah, that's pretty much it, Dave. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this this led uh, us to have a little bit of a discussion about this. And, and you know, I, I get people getting upset because I used to be one of those people who would get really angry for no reason when they announced a remake of something, uh, regardless of if it looked good or if it looked terrible. But everybody always brings up the whole, you're ruining my childhood argument. And that's, that's just not the case guys. They're not touching the original movie. They're making something completely different. The original will still be there. It will still be there for you to love and watch as much as you want. It's not like they have a time machine or, uh, you know, it's George Lucas messing around with uh, the Star Wars movies. I think a lot of it also has to do with 
you know, it's it's also part of the whole outrage culture. I mean, yeah. we saw it with, um, and it's just like it just seems like a really really crappy time to be in like fandoms here here lately. And I'm I think I don't know when it began, but I know when it started to intensify. Um, I I think the first kind of movie where things started just like really really just like there's a lot of like really lots of hatred like surrounding it uh for like oh kind of like no reason it was like kind of like uh uh, batman versus superman and then ghostbusters and then we all thought well those two movies no one's gonna hate that movie more than these two movies ever and then the last jedi came around um (laughs) and uh i just think that people are looking for reasons to get angry like at the drop of a hat over nothing these were just rumors that Sony was going to remake the Princess Bride. Okay. And everyone just like completely lost their shit. And and I'm like, guys, this it's it's gonna be fine. And when I got out there and said, guys, everything's gonna be fine, I was met with a lot of not great things. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I think that just like as like a, a fandom culture, I just think this kind of stuff needs to stop eventually because it's not healthy. And I don't know. I think we could be better. We just got to stop this. It's terrible. Fandoms are supposed to be fun. Yeah. You're supposed to be, you know, a part of a, of a larger group who enjoys the same things. And, you know, with, with people acting this way and, and how they did with, uh, you know, the last Jedi and, and Ghostbusters and stuff, it makes you not want to associate with other people who enjoy the same things. You're cutting yourself off because you don't want to meet these people. Right. Yeah. No, the thing is like, um, I recently kind of disassociated myself with, I'm not going to say what fandom it was, but I kind of disassociated myself from a certain aspect of a fandom where I'm just like, okay. And it's, and it's exactly what we're talking about. It was a big thing about disagreement in terms of quality of something. Yeah. And it just became toxic. It broke, it literally broke the fandom and I'm just like, Oh, okay guys, I'm out, you know? And you see that, you see that spring. It's not new, but it's definitely intensified. I would say over the past three years. Let's take a look now at the weekend box office. We have three brand new movies in the top three spots this week. I didn't even realize they were doing a movie of this first one. Downton Abbey got a movie. Made $31 million. What? Yeah. That's weird. Um, Ad Astra, the new sci-fi movie um, from Fox, brought us uh, just over $19 million. Rambo, Last Blood, brought in just over $19 million. How's that not number one? More people were interested in Downton Abbey, I guess. It Chapter 2 and Hustlers round out the top five. And now let's go on to our short reviews of Rift Track Shorts. Yes! Today in our short reviews of Rift Track Shorts, we are taking a look at Kitty Cleans Up, released July 28th, 2008. Ooh, oldie but goodie. Kitty Cleans Up is a short narrated by what sounds like the same middle-aged woman uh, that they used to dub over Debbie in Manos to Head of Fate. I'm not even, it's, it sounds almost exactly like the same person. Oh, uh, no, the little doggy. It's about a girl who's getting herself and her cat ready for a pet show at school. If that is an incentive to watch a short, I have no idea what else would be. 
We get to see this girl's entire morning from her washing up in the sink to eating her lumpy cereal and stuffing her cat in an old school cat carrier that before they showed the side with the caged window really just looked like they were shoving the cat into a trunk. <laughs> Much like Garfield, a lot of the best jokes in this short come in the form of the cat's thoughts. However, unlike Garfield, these are funny. This is an extremely wow, funny show. Kitty cleans up, gets four cats eating their food out of five. Dude, what did Garfield ever do to you? I honestly forgot I had that line in there until I was reading it just now. <laughs> Let's move on now from our shorts. <laughs> I can't even get this out. From our shorts to our not-so-shorts and take a look at our first VOD of the week. It's a new release from our Brit Tracks friends, Matthew J. Elliott and Ian Potter. Adam Age, Vampire. Guys, there's no vampire. It has nothing to do with vampires. It's a really weird title. Like, the closest it could be, it's just like, it's basically about people with messed up faces. Adam Age, Messed Up Faces. Yeah, that doesn't really work. Not really doesn't, no. It's a foreign language film, another one of them. But it was actually made in a foreign language. Yeah, that's a rarity, like a foreign language film that was actually made in a foreign language these days. It was uh, filmed in 1960. I think it's also um, fair to point out that um, I'm really glad that uh, this one, because Adamate Vampire is actually something that is kind of like well-known around like certain B-movie buffs, you know? Yeah kind of like these awful Facebook groups that we uh, that we used to be part of. <laughs> um, and um, it, it's, it's, it's one that you would think that Mike, Kevin, and Bill would want to have done f- for themselves, but they actually let Matthew and Ian do it. And I, I just think that that's, um, like, especially with, like, the last couple of years uh, that Matthew and Ian have had, um, I mean, like, they've really stepped up to the plate. And I think that, you know, in addition to... Matthew doing a riff with Bridget a couple of months back. Which was great, yeah, by the way. Yeah, which is, it's, it's, that's still awesome. That's still one of the best riff tracks presents that they've, that they've ever done. It kind of goes to uh, solidify Matthew and Ian's place within, as just kind of like a central, essential part of the riff tracks experience. So, uh, you know, hey, thumbs up. I'm like, you know, all for this. And I just, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to even more stuff from Matthew and Ian. And uh, you didn't hear it from me, even though you are hearing it from me. Um, we're probably going to be seeing a lot more of them in the future. So, I mean, I'm I'm all for that. I'm very excited about that. Same. I really enjoy listening to these guys and uh, getting a different perspective on movie riffs. It's, it's kind of a, a, a breath of fresh air, if you will. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, all the Rift Track presents Team Zoo. Now, if we can just get Connor and Sean to do a full-length riff, or at least a short of their own, but, you know, we'll save that for another day. That would be quite fun. But right now, we are talking about Matthew and Ian and Adam Age Vampires. Um, so tell us a little bit about the movie, Dave. It's weird. It was that good, huh? Yeah, no, yeah, it was... <laughs> The movie is basically about beauty. It's about the superficiality of how we like like this is the message the movie's trying to portray is that it's bad and wrong to uh put so much into like how we look and you know like that's just like basically the central theme how that translates over to being in vampires 
never manifests itself or it being an Adam age at all. But the thing is, with this, it should be noted, a couple of things should be noted about about this version of, of, of the movie, is that there's about 40 minutes taken out of this version of Adam Age Vampire. The theatrical run is 105 minutes. This version that we have is, like, less than 70. Yeah, when they, when they brought it over to the United States, it was originally chopped down to 87 minutes. And most of the uh, public domain copies are right around 70 minutes long. Right. So we're not getting all of it. And you can kind of tell, not kind of tell, you can tell in the riff that, you know, the guys are very confused as to be like, what's going on? Because like we're missing so much out of the movie that it's like very noticeable that we don't have all the information. But the real question here is, would it be any better of a movie were that footage involved? And I think the obvious answer is Hell no. <laughs> well, but you know, okay, look, the other interesting thing about this is is that I, I looked it up. You know, this came out in 1960, and this thing did 90 million at the box office. Yeah, it was considered to uh, be modest uh, in its success, but, which um, is crazy to me that you're calling that modest. Yeah, it's crazy. One of my favorite things about this riff, and, and I know you saw it too, but uh, yesterday Matthew posted a review that somebody left on oh, uh, the riff on YouTube in the comments because we all know how wonderful YouTube comments are. But this this was their review of Adam Age Vampire. They talk too fast. I don't like rapping. What? That doesn't make <laughs> It makes no sense. And then Matthew said, like, in his almost 50 years of being on this earth, he's never been confused for being a rapper. But when I read that, and you'll you'll probably appreciate this, the first place that my dumb brain went to was Matthew J. Elliott singing the Roller Gator rap. <laughs> <laughs> and now I really want that to happen. So, Me Matthew, too. Matthew, if when you listen to this, please... Please make us a short little video of you singing the Roller Gator rap. No, no, no. I want it to be in a riff tracks. That's got to happen. <laughs> I think that might be asking a little bit too much, Dave. Oh, well, I'm well, I can dream. Yes, we we are all big dreamers. I'm a here. mean roller gator, a rock God. and roller skater. What have I done? Before this continues, let's move on to our other VOD. Uh by the way, everybody, Animage Vampire is is a great riff go check it out you know i know we say this every time we talk about a riff tracks presents but please do not let the fact that it's not mike kevin and bill scare you away from giving these guys a try from from these guys or bridget mary joe or cole and janet any of any of the riff tracks present stuff just because it's not mike kevin and bill don't let that make you turn away from this stuff because you are missing out on some wonderful riffs if you do that. What Jeremy said. Yes. So let's move on uh, now to our next VOD. And this one, as we said last week, was uh, it's been on the poll, the listener poll for a while. Oh, this is so awesome. I love and this so much. Yeah. We, we decided since these two movies, uh, the two movies that were on there had been on there for a long time, we were going to just talk about them and since we had a new release with adam age vampire we had to choose only one this week to talk about and one next week and so that means that today we are talking about one of my all-time favorite riffs Same the season. last the last slumber party Woohoo! 
Oh. Next week, next week we will be talking about Crater Lake Monster, and I know Dave has lots of things to say about that one. I do, but I have um, so, lots of things to say about this one as well. So there will not be a listener poll again this week. We will get back to that, but for now, so let's dive right into the last slumber party. This is not a long riff, guys. It's it seems a, like it's long. It seems like it's long, but it's an hour, like an hour and nine minutes long. Until the end of the credits. Mm-hmm. And so it's not actually a very long riff, but you do feel like you're sitting there for much longer watching this movie. Especially uh, when they start getting into the slurs. Oh, this movie was, was made in the uh, 80s, and uh, the language from this movie is very much also from the 80s. There's a lot of, uh, as, as it's described uh, in the riff, uh, casual homophobia. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the way people used to talk, I'm sure you've, if you're not our age, I'm sure you've seen it in other, other videos or whatever. So be forewarned about that. If that's something that's going to, you know, if that's like a really bad thing, a sore spot for you, then you should probably stay away from this one. We're kind of inoculated to it a little bit because it's just like when we grew up, I mean, that doesn't make it a great thing, but, but, you know, it's just like the way that people talked back then and it's. But even looking back on it now, now that like those kinds of things aren't really said in polite society anymore, hearing it again, just being it so brazen and so just like out there, it's just it is kind of it is a little bit of a shock. Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, oh, it's like that. OK, I remember this. It's it's a little uh, jarring to hear it. As many times as I've watched this riff, I still like, I kind of cringe a little bit every time it comes out of their mouths. Like, it just, I can't. Anyway, let's let's get away from this. I ju- we just yeah. wanted to put that out there that that's in this riff. So if you haven't seen it before, you know that take that for for what you will. Now this movie is, uh, it's one of the generic uh, slumber party killer movies um that they had around the time slumber party massacre and and i think bill lists off like six different movies that were all actual movies with slumber party in the title but this one is uh probably the worst one (laughs) this movie is a terrible little film about um the last slumber party of course for a group of girls who just got out of school for the year i think like, I don't know if they actually, like, graduated because there wasn't any sort of a ceremony or anything. I don't think they did. Uh, uh, yeah. The thing is, the movie starts out with them in class, but then it's just like, it just happens to be the last day of school. But that's not how the last day of school is. It's just like, there's no, like, excitement of it being the last. Everyone's just kind of hanging out like it's any day of the school year. Yeah. And a little bit later on in the movie, even, one of the characters asks uh, one of the girls fathers about uh taking his daughter to the dance but if school's out there's not going to be any dances yeah anyway maybe they had to take correspondence classes over the summer in order to get their diplomas i don't know uh they have all morons yes oh they are definitely all very very stupid they have a slumber party um and then a patient a mental patient who had (laughs) a lobotomy from a nearby hospital comes to the house to kill them all and it turns out that one of the girls, uh, her dad, is the doctor who had been operating on this guy who was known to be a very violent individual. And, uh, yeah, he, he runs around with a scalpel and 
And it just kind of like puts blood on everybody's neck with it. He draws blood on their throats. But yeah, it's it's this movie. (laughs) This movie really has some pathetic special effects, like even for a low budget movie there, there most of the time when the, the guy runs his scalpel across the neck, which he does very slowly and gently, um, the blood doesn't start coming out of the scalpel until it's halfway past uh, the neck. Like so, like one half doesn't have any blood whatsoever. Half my neck, my favorite half too. <laughs> it's got acting just as bad as the practical effects. A rocking '80s hairband soundtrack and uh, an ending that would make M Night Shyamalan's head spin. Yeah, let's talk about that for this, for for a second. I feel like that that's something that we need to talk about. At this length, movie, is... <laughs> this movie has what I like to call a double twisty. <laughs> and it's actually it's actually more than that um uh, because we get almost as many endings to last slumber party as there are in lord of the rings return of the king just when you think it's done it starts back up again and then yeah. just when you uh, think it's done it starts back up again yeah i think um, that's three dream sequences i think <laughs> but the thing is is that the sequences the dreams are never explained it's never as like what's real and what's not was never established. It's just be like, but the thing is, is like it, it's fine because we're we're all ready for the movie to be over by the time that like I think was like the third, wasn't it three? It's like a, I think it's yeah. three or four. Cause, well, because we get we get one dream sequence about two thirds of the way through the movie where uh, Chris she falls asleep at the party and she has a dream that everybody's being murdered and uh, they're all asking her to help them and then she wakes up and of course people are being murdered um Mm -hmm. she starts discovering this after she woke up from her dream and then she's the last person alive until she goes outside and she sees the the dad doctor floating in the pool and then the killer sneaks up behind her in the pool and kills her very gently slices her neck and then we get a freeze frame of her standing there holding her neck in in surprise and then she wakes up in her own bed at home. I think the word you're looking for is hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She uh, calls her friend, the, the person who at the house that they were uh, at in the, the dream. The, the sicklers. Yeah. And uh, and the two girls, the two other girls that were at the party in the dream went to the house for real. And you see and... the killer slip in the door. It's and that's daylight. He just slips right by the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's not even totally behind her. It's kind of just like off to the side a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but just like, dude, no, but no, really. Lobotomy guy is one of my favorite all-time villains in all of Rift Tracks. He's because he has such a great look. You know, <laughs> here's the thing about Last Slumber, is that it was the third of what I like to call the. Uh, Girls Be Getting Dead trilogy of 2014. <laughs> First, I started off with Terror at Ten Killer, which, uh, you know, it's standard, you know, kill girl, kill, kill girl fare. And then they had- Terror at Ten Killer was um, released along with The Last Slumber Party as a double feature on DVD. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's probably why they have the rights to both of them. And then a couple of mo- couple of weeks, months, whatever later, they released another one called Sisters of Death, which ah. actually is a step up from Terror at Tank Killer because it had a lot of 
unique visuals. It has a lot of um, cool, like quirky characters in it. And it's just like weird and unique in a, in a way that Terra at Tankiller wasn't. And then a couple months later, we get the last slumber party, which I think is just like the ultimate of, of like the culmination of what we've been working towards through these movies. Just everything about it is just awesome from like the main character to all the all the weird decisions that they made with the story to all the supporting characters and how just like how terrible the acting is and just it's every i just love everything about the last slumber party so much it's like one of those riffs where i just be like what i watch it again immediately after i did it over i did exactly the same thing within that first weekend uh that it was released i had watched it six times (laughs) because it i just couldn't believe what i was seeing for one thing like that this was an actual movie (laughs) you know like (laughs) How did this how did this get released even? It's just amazing. Everything about this movie is amazing. Mostly it's amazing how terrible it is, but it's right in that perfect wheelhouse of terribleness to I don't know, uh character. It's got a lot of character, a lot of charm. I don't know. I I, uh, yeah. I would not be able to watch this one unrift, I don't think. Oh um, no, absolutely not. Unlike Ghost House, but yeah, this one I will watch it rift. I could watch this one rift at least once a week, you know, from now until <laughs> the end of time, and I'd be perfectly content doing that. My wife, on the other hand, probably would divorce me um, <laughs> after the first, you know, couple weeks. But ah, uh, but hey, who the hell does she think she is, Shelley Hack? <laughs> you know, I. I'm not going to lie, I had to look that one up the first time I heard it. Um, you know, it's like, uh, but the thing is, like, I didn't even know that that was a real person. Same. Until, like, uh, I just thought she was talking about some random person, like, at their school. But yeah, like I some, guess Shelly Hack was a real person. Yeah, I thought they were going to be talking about, like, uh, somebody that they, you know, didn't like at their school or yeah, something like that. Thought, yeah, But no, it's, uh, you know, an actual person, an actress. Um who was in a lot of stuff, like Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I looked it up. Uh, that was actually one of the questions on the uh, the trivia thing that they did uh, through Drip, which I think I won that. Yes, oh, you won that. Oh, yes, yes, it right. was you. It, it was you. That's the okay. number one, ranked number one in the world, Rift Tracks fan. Oh, burning a fire. <laughs> oh, I love, I love doing that, Dave. Yeah. I will never tire of that. I know. <laughs> oh, we were talking about the last slumber party, though. <laughs> a lot of people, well, I can't really say a lot of people die in this movie because it turns out they don't because it was all multiple dreams. But we don't even know if the resolution we ended up with was reality because right. like, like, there's no reason to think that it was. <laughs> all we know, you know, it could have been uh, Bob Hope. <laughs> Oh, man. Or it could have been... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of death in this movie, but it's all the lamest death that you could imagine. Like, I I think even the the kills in Haunted Ween are better than the kills in The Last Slumber Party. Wow, that is 
That is a statement. You well, know, pretty much all are... we get in in Last Slumber Party are there's a couple of slashes, but mostly it's it's a gentle next slice. Yeah, just, oh yeah, so here, just let me just do this real quick here, Max. Like, ah oh, yes, there we go. <laughs> just let me get this for you real quick. Suddenly, the lobotomy guy is the, is the leprechaun from Jack the Giant Killer. Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the the very first kill that we see um, is the nurse uh, waiting for the bus, and he slashes her in the face, and he slashes her in the stomach or chest or whatever. You can't really tell. So that's the first kill. And then there's, like, an orderly or something sleeping on a bench <laughs> waiting for the bus. Also, oh, no. who, who I might add, the nurse got up from the bench, no. took a couple of steps away from, and started putting on makeup, and she let her hair down because you only live once, and she was going to get that guy to take her home. And she yeah. got it from the from the lobotomy patient. And then he walks right over to the guy on the bench who finally wakes up and, and uh, wonders when the bus is going to get here, and then he gets his neck very gently sliced um, from behind. And that's one of the ones where only... Half of the neck is covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it, it only goes downhill from there. And then all the – oh, 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 oh. Can we also – now, here in the year 2019, there's a lot of talk about – and I hate this term, but there's there's a lot of talk about toxic masculinity uh, in, uh, in, 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 in 2019. I have to say that in this movie, the, uh, the teenage males – that are in this in this film like i think this i think this movie hates men like and i'm not trying to be like i'm not trying to be like somebody who i don't want to like i don't want to get into it i'm not trying to sound like like a men's right activist or something like that you would have to think that the way that men are portrayed from the uh idiot doctor to all the idiot males in this you know like the, like like all the boyfriends are all just dumb as rocks. Well, to be fair, that's everybody in this movie. Yeah, that is true. The, yeah, the girls, um, you know, they're they're either talking about rustling up some men folk. <laughs> rustling. I, I kid you not. Men. That line is used twice in the movie. <laughs> or uh, trying to get high now that they're totally drunk because the alcohol is boring now. Yeah. Oh, also. Oh, or okay. they're. You know, once the guys finally show up, they're trying to jump right in bed with them. Yeah, and they're just like, they're idiots. I will tell you the most disgusting line in this movie, at least for me, when uh, the the second couple goes to get into bed together. um, The guy, the girl goes into the bathroom to freshen up a little bit, and the guy decides he's going to yell out, Don't forget the phone, dearie. Uh, That, that for me, that is my grossest line of the movie. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. There's a there's a not there's like a sh- not a shower scene in this movie, but a shower curtain scene in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's kind of a shower scene. I mean, yeah. you know, the girls in there, you see her head um, when she's washing. And, yeah, uh, they they mostly focus on the uh, football jersey that's hanging over the shower rod. Yeah. And then she comes out, and I think it's probably one of my favorite Mike riffs ever. When she comes out of the shower, she uh, main character comes out and's like, "Tommy," and then Mike goes, "I'm ready for my sex." <laughs> yeah, that's uh, there's 
there's a lot of uh, a lot of really good uh, riffs. There is one line, uh, which pretty much the very last spoken line you hear from any of the guys over the credits that uh, that Bill blurts out, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about oh, at the that, beginning yeah. of this segment with the uh, casual homophobia. Of course, he's not doing it in that sense. He's doing it to mock the movie. Um, but just before I warned about that one, um, cause it's kind it's of a, pretty funny, it's, it's pretty funny, funny, but it's, it's shocking, but it's, yes. it's funny. Oh man. I, there's so much that I love about this movie. I would like, say for me, this is, um, definitely top 10. I mean, um, I don't know if I would say top five, but it's top 10. Definitely. I mean, if I were to, it, it might be number one, two or three of like deep cuts that have been like forgotten or like underrated classics or things like that. I kind of think that they kind of missed. In fact, this is, um, I sometimes talk about the, uh, uh, interactions that I've had with Mike Nelson a little bit on, on Twitter and stuff like that, because you know, that's, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I have to do that. Yeah. When roller gator was released, there was a joke about the, uh, about the swamp farmer, uh, his name, middle name being Beauregard. And Mike Nelson made a tweet about the Swamp Farmer's middle name being – or not his middle name, but his name being Beauregard. Yeah. And then I added him back, and I was like, well, of course the Swamp Farmer's – or his name is Beauregard. Like, what What did you think it was? Shelley Hack? And uh, Mike uh, retweeted that, so I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last time I tried to sit down and make a top ten um, was about three years ago. And this was in the top three uh, at that point. I think if I were to sit down and and uh, and redo my top ten, and you know what, I I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that, and we're gonna talk about it on the podcast. The two of us will redo our we'll we'll make our top ten lists, mm-hmm. our current top ten lists. Yeah, and we'll we'll discuss that a little bit. But uh, now it, this is still definitely in the top ten. Easy. Uh, I'm not sure where it would be on the list because there's been a few doozies that have been released yeah since a talking cat yeah a talking cat is definitely up there um psychotronic man definitely up there ah, psychotronic man but um i remember the last time i did my top 10 I, I i i have a distinct memory of uh last slumber being number nine so it's definitely in the top 10 i don't know if it would it, I think it's definitely still in the top 10, but I'm not sure. It might have, like, I don't know. I'd have to redo it. But um, as you can see, we have, like, have had many, many talk words to say about The Last Slumber Party. But uh, it's definitely worth the $10 to go get it at RiffTracks.com. Yes, very, very much worth the $10. I highly recommend you go, if you haven't watched it, go buy it right now. Just go, as soon as we're done talking, go over to RiffTracks.com. And buy the last slumber party. Do it now. <laughs> and welcome back from the edit, folks. <laughs> welcome back from the edit. Again. Again. It's a double edit. It's a yeah, rare, you guys, you, 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 you guys didn't catch because, yeah, it's With, yeah. It's just like the double twist, the ending for uh, last slumber party. It's a double edit on the on the Riffcast. Uh, don't forget, go over to Patreon.com/slash Tracks and sign up to be a Traxian. You'll get all kinds of uh, fun little behind-the-scenes looks. Uh, they just put up uh, rejected live show slides for this year. 
like a whole mess of those. So uh, go check that out once you sign up. And uh, don't forget to check out Songwriter X and the Skeleton Band over on YouTube. I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at pbandawesome. And if you need to send me an email, you can do that. Jeremy at TrueBlueRiffCast.com. And you can follow the podcast at TVRiffCast. <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. Check me out on the web at SugarRayDodge.com. Send me emails at Dave at TrueBlueRiffCast.com. We we had three welcome back from the edit, everybody's. Yeah. And like just like just trying to end this thing. So we're just gonna cut it off right now. We we'll sure see you guys do. next time. Right.